At Nissan, our lineup is taking the galaxy by storm. And right now, you can save big during Nissan's Go Rogue year-end event. Shop your local Nissan store and choose Nissan.com today for great offers. See Rogue One in theaters December 16th. Take on any galaxy. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Numa, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Joy of Christmas, 101 Holiday Tales of Inspiration, Love, and Wonder to get you ready for the holidays. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on to talk about this fun book. Wonderful. It is a pleasure, as always, to have you on the air with me. By the way, the number one question America wants to know this morning is, have you got the turkey prepped and ready for the oven? I got really lucky this year. <laughs> Usually I host Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. But I just came back from a two-week vacation in the Middle East, and so um, my parents are hosting Thanksgiving at their country club. So all I have to do is show up on Thursday. <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky you. Yeah, I know. The Joy of Christmas is truly a wonderful read. The book is a perfect holiday gift, and to me, to be honest with you, this is very interesting. I've never said this before. We could really do the whole hour just talking about Chapter 1. So that's just fabulous to me. Congratulations. Yeah, you know, I saw you you loved a lot of the stories in Chapter 1, and mm-hmm. I think you and I have the same taste. I mean, of course, I love every single story in the book because we had, I think, more than 6,000 submissions for this book. Oh, my and gosh. we could only publish wow. 101 stories. But then even so, I thought that the stories in Chapter 1, which is called The True Spirit of Christmas, Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're such great representatives of Christmas spirit, mm-hmm. and and so yes, I agree with you. I love chapter one, but of course, I love all 101 stories in this book, and I edited every single one of them, and my, my hands are all over every single one of them. These are these are all my little babies. These stories. <laughs> it must be fun to do a book like this. Oh yeah, doing our Christmas books is so much fun. Um, I also love doing our dog and cat books, mm-hmm. although right now I'm working on a book that's coming out in February called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Random Acts of Kindness, mm-hmm. and I'm having mm-hmm. a great time with that book also. That has been impossible to narrow down to 101 stories. Wow. Yeah, wow. so you know what? Every single book I work on I think is the greatest as I'm working on it because when you get thousands of stories submitted for every single book, then yeah, every single yeah. book ends up having 101 favorite stories. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's really nice. I just go from one book that I'm in love with <laughs> to the next book that I'm in love with. <laughs> Do you ever get tired reading so many stories in terms of like, oh my gosh, I mean, there's so much information and wonderful information that is now. Don't get me wrong. No, I don't get tired of it. And I'm actually jealous of my mm. team of editors because years ago, before I got Mm -hmm. even more busy and had my podcast and other things, years ago, I got to read a lot of the stories that were submitted, you know, of the thousands submitted for every book. Mm -hmm. 
I got mm-hmm. I would read a thousand or two thousand stories. Now because we're just so busy, right. the the, the the team will present me with 300 finalists and they'll tell me what they're seeing along the way, but I mm-hmm. only get to read about 300 finalists to mm. get it down to the 101 that go in each book. So yeah. I miss that. I miss those days when I got to read everything that came in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So how is Chicken Soup getting ready for Thanksgiving? Well, it's interesting. I mean, we bought the company in 2008 and mm-hmm. it's just been lots of expansion since then. And so we're not only ready with a slew of new books that are perfect for the holidays. We have um, my book called Simply Happy. We have our Power mm-hmm. of Gratitude book. We have this Joy of Christmas book. We have our Angels and Miracles book. Uh, but also we have new products in our pet food business. We have treats for dogs, which are really mm-hmm. fun. And we have a new television show that just started this month. It's called Project Dad. It's on Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern Time, 6 Central mm-hmm. Time, 5 Mountain Time, 4 Pacific Time. Mm-hmm. It's on Discovery Life. So that's a really fun show. It's about these celebrity dads who come off the road, step out of the spotlight, <laughs> and spend a few days alone with their children. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to watch what happens when these dads are left with sole responsibility for their children. And we have cool guys on this show. We have um, Donnell Rawlings, who was on mm-hmm. the Dave Chappelle show, and he's a very well-known mm-hmm. comedian. We have Daniel Cosgrove, who has been on every major soap. He's also mm-hmm. been on um, Billions. He was on, what was that show called, Dirty Sexy Money. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a well-known actor. And we have DJ Scribble, who's probably the best-known DJ out there. He's always doing these huge dance parties in Las Vegas and different places. Mm-hmm. So these mm-hmm. are our three guys who are so personable. So that's really fun. So that's another thing we're doing this month. And then my podcast has been going mm-hmm. crazy. We have over 800,000 downloads. And I've, oh, been wow. focusing, yeah, I've been focusing on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the mm-hmm. podcast, you know, once you put an episode up there, it's there forever. So you can go back and right. listen to the old right. ones. But I've been focusing on Thanksgiving and Christmas stories for the past mm-hmm. few weeks, and I'll continue to do that. So, yeah, we have a lot going on for the holiday season, a lot of stuff that's very relevant to the holiday season for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's. Wonderful. I know the last time when we talked, you guys basically work about six, seven days a week at Chicken Soup. So do the staff get a chance to kind of get away a little bit this week? Uh well, of course, we have the Friday off after Thanksgiving, and then things get really quiet the week between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for my publishing group, we're mm-hmm. just finishing our really busy season. So we're now into mm-hmm. our lighter season because our busy season is spring and summer. When we're getting ready, the books that are going to come out in the fall for the holiday season. And that's why I was just able to go on a two-week vacation <laughs> because I was able to carve out yeah. two weeks. Of course, I had to work I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, 80 hours a week <laughs> to get ready to go on vacation. And now, I, I mean, I will be working all day Thanksgiving except for three hours uh. at my parents' dinner. <laughs> I will be editing the stories for the Random Acts of Kindness book. But I did get this two-week vacation in Oman mm-hmm. and Dubai, which was really fun, warm, mm-hmm. beautiful. We were on the ocean. 
we were on the Persian mm-hmm. Gulf. We were in the desert. It was just it was just fabulous. People don't realize there's actually some really great places you can go in mm-hmm. the Middle East to have a beautiful and adventurous vacation. That's wonderful news to know. I think a lot of times people hear the different things about Middle East, and that brings me to the question about, as you know, with all the current energy of uncertainty that's going on, and we are in the Thanksgiving mode, so to speak. What advice do you have for all of us regarding Thanksgiving? So no matter what's going on out there and how you voted in the election and what your thoughts are about the future of our country, it's actually pretty convenient that we have Thanksgiving coming up when we all get together and we know exactly what's going to happen. This is a this is certainty, right? This is certainty mm-hmm. in the midst of uncertainty because basically you know what the run of show is on Thanksgiving, right? right? You know where you're going, right. you know what you're eating, you know who will be there. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's a nice time of year to revisit um yeah your family traditions, your your own holiday traditions, what you like to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's great. I think we all need that right now. Mm-hmm. We need to be with the people we know. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny. I noticed even in our office where um, I noticed a reaction to the election. Mm-hmm. I, all of a sudden, um, everybody in the office is bringing in food and having <laughs> like potluck <laughs> lunch parties. And that never happened before, and it's happened three times in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think people Mm -hmm. are looking to bond with the people in their immediate community, whether it's family, colleagues at work, friends. That's so true. But on the other hand, they might be thinking that you're out of the country so they can do that stuff. I'm just kidding. Party time. (laughs) I know. They had a taco party while we were away. (laughs) I understand exactly what you're talking about. From an immigrant standpoint of view, I think, the beauty of Thanksgiving is the fact that it is the only holiday that we sanction as a whole nation that really does not have any religious connotation. And when you look at in terms of celebrating gratitude and thankfulness, there's no barrier to it. Everywhere you go, people are always thankful for the good things that happen in their life. So in a way, America basically capitalize on the concept of Thanksgiving. And so this is a real opportunity for us for this holiday season just to bring everybody together and be grateful about the things that we have accomplished this year. You know, it's been scientifically proven Mm -hmm. that being thankful, expressing your thankfulness, um, feeling gratitude, is it, it has been scientifically proven that it makes you happier and healthier. It actually comes through in better health and you have better relationships with people. You're more successful in life as a result mm-hmm. of expressing gratitude. And, uh, you know, here's another interesting thing I noticed. I got into an email chain with my best friends from fifth grade. We had a teacher wow. we loved. And I think he was, all of us, he was our favorite teacher ever. He was a very famous teacher in our town and actually got some national acclaim also. And we all started emailing each other after the election and, and being back in touch with each other. And we're all writing um, gratitude letters now to our fifth grade mm-hmm. teacher who is in his early 90s mm-hmm. and still alive. And uh, so we are all reaching out to him now. Mm-hmm. So, And we're all feeling great about doing it. One, one person already got a response back for her letter 
and he was so happy to have heard from her and remembered our class. That's fantastic. I think if we take action and just do something positive, that has ripple effects, so to speak. I think so. And it's funny how good you feel expressing gratitude. When I wrote my note to my fifth grade teacher, I felt really good about finally telling him what he meant to me. I mean, I had gone and seen him, I think back in 1989, I had gone to see him because he was retiring. Wow. And I had expressed my feelings to him then, but it was really nice to be able to do it again. That's very, very interesting. Coming back to Chicken Soup Joy of Christmas, it is a truly beautiful book. I love the construction of it. There's so many wonderful things in there, but why focus on inspiration, love, and wonder? So that's the subtitle. It's 101 Holiday Tales of Inspiration, Love, and Wonder. And what what happened was I looked at what our stories were really about. And I realized Mm -hmm. that these three topics, inspiration, love, and wonder, are really the prevalent themes of the holidays and of this book. It's very inspiring to read these stories. It makes you want to reach out and help people who are less fortunate. It gives you great ideas for ways that you can help people who need help during the holiday season. Um, Mm -hmm. It it. It's interesting. The book is very much about sharing and kindness. And I was really struck by that as I was putting it together and seeing the stories that were coming in. And usually our books are a good reflection of what's going on in society. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it it's all about inspiration, love, and the wonder of Christmas, especially as seen through the eyes of children, but also very much focused on love in the form of the joy of giving and people sharing mm-hmm. with each other and helping each other. It's really a moving book. I mean, lots of fun, mm-hmm. though, lots of stories that will make you laugh, but there are also great stories that will make you tear up a little. It definitely yeah. makes you want to go out and do not just your normal Christmas activities, but something more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I bet that when people read this book, they're going to uh, send $25 to one of those most neediest <laughs> cases in the newspaper or something like that. They're going to feel they're going to feel like reaching out and then they're going to feel great that they did. I agree with that. Y'all have nine wonderful chapters in the book. Every chapter to me it's a standalone book in itself. Yeah, that's true. And um and because the chapters there is like a story arc to each chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh we yeah, we have so many stories to choose from. We really can shape the book to that extent. Mm-hmm. And after I have my 101, I, I really think through how the chapters should run, and I lay them all out on a big table, and then I create a story arc within each chapter, and then I decide which chapter, what the order that the chapters should go in also. And I have, if I have a chapter that's funny, I'll follow it by one that's more heartwarming or might bring tears to your eyes, and I try to mm-hmm. keep a rhythm going. It's almost like when people put an album together you know, of music, and they try to mm-hmm. have some kind of arc of how the songs go, and you might follow a fast song with a slow song, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's beautifully done. The book cover is just excellent. Again, the new artwork is obviously a major point in terms of getting the warmth across to people. It feels good in the hand. Let me put it this way. It's just wonderful. Yeah, now we're embossing the titles, which costs mm-hmm. us a little mm-hmm. extra, but I think it makes the books much better as gifts because mm-hmm. they're even fancier now. Right. It's right. a beautiful cover, but it has a fancy aspect to it that makes it more appropriate as a gift. Precisely. 
Mrs. Claus wrote a wonderful forward for the book, so please share that with us. Yeah, we were very lucky to get Mrs. Claus this year. Um, We've had Santa write forwards for us in the past, (laughs) and Mrs. Claus has always been too busy. But she finally decided it was time for her to do it. And what I like about this is that it's an inside look Mm-hmm. at what it's like to be up at the North Pole during the rest of the year, you know, not just right at Christmas mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. so Mrs. Claus actually wrote this forward for us back in August when the book was going to the printer. And that was, she said, right before things were going to get crazy. She said things always get crazy around Labor Day. She said um, that's when the elves are returning from their vacations. The reindeer are getting back to their flying practice and the toy factory adds on a second shift. So she's giving us an inside look at what's going on up at the North Pole. Mm -hmm. She also says that for some reason there seem to be even more good boys and girls every year, so they're busier every year. Um, Mm -hmm. And by the way, we had a Twitter party with her a couple of weeks ago, and we asked Mrs. Claus, like, how do you guys keep up on who's being naughty and who's being nice? And she said, (laughs) oh, we use social media now. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, all those warnings that parents give their kids, you know, don't post yeah. those pictures of your beer pong party with those red solo cups. <laughs> well, it turns out Mr. and Mrs. Claus are watching. <laughs> so she goes on to talk about what it's like on Christmas Eve. She says that mm-hmm. she makes Santa a big pot of pasta with a tomato and veggie sauce no meat in it because she's always watching his cholesterol for him (laughs) and she irons his lucky red boxers she makes sure that his cell phone is charged and is set for roaming because of course now santa (laughs) uses gps on his cell phone (laughs) and then she says on christmas day and now this is something we didn't know before because you know santa gets all the glory she Mm -hmm. said he comes home and he goes and he lies down but meanwhile she's the one who has to make a big breakfast for all the elves she has to take care of the reindeer. And then she says, those elf on the shelf temporary workers show up. And they all want to be fed. They want laundry. And she doesn't even like them that much. She said, what do they do all December? They just sit around and watch children behave. So it was pretty funny reading her forward. Uh, but I was very lucky to get it from her. Wonderful. It sets everything up ready to go for the entire book. No doubt about that. <laughs> Whose idea, by the way, is to include black and white photos? I thought that just added a really nice touch of elegance. So what happened was that we often will put cartoons in our books, but I felt like we had really used all of the good Christmas cartoons that were out there, at least ones that we were aware of, in our past Christmas books. And as I was reading the stories, I was realizing, oh, I'd love to see a picture of whatever this person was talking about. And so we went out to a number of the story writers and we said, do you have a picture? Now, some of them were writing about stories that had happened a while ago, and so they couldn't get us a picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we managed to get pictures for a bunch of the stories. And I agree with you, they look really good in um, black. It's really gray tones or grayscale Mm -hmm. when you have white paper and then black ink, but because mm-hmm. our book paper is actually more yellow, you know, it, mm-hmm. books are never done on bright white paper. Um, right, right. It gives the whole picture more of that sepia feeling, that old-fashioned <laughs> feeling. And we were given the pictures in color, but 
I didn't actually ever think this through until I became a book publisher. When mm-hmm. you make a book, uh, you're printing in black ink on off-white paper. Mm-hmm. You don't have the ability to do color because you can't mm-hmm. just all of a sudden stick color in because you're running on a press that only has black ink. And so right. if you think about it, the books that you read that have color photos, usually there's a photo section that's inset mm-hmm. in the book, and it's on a glossier, whiter paper. Mm-hmm. So they run off that photo section separately with color, colored ink, you know, right, CMYK, right. cyan, magenta, mm-hmm. yellow, and black, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how they create photos in a book that are, you know, color photos. So we had to do it using only black ink, but it does have this really traditional heartwarming feeling about it, doesn't it? It really reminds you that's of those correct. old sepia photographs. Right. And that's what I like about it because it really pops out and blends in with the ivory paper. It just gives you that nice, warm, authentic feel to the story as well. Yeah, I know. I, I like it. It was the first time we did it, and I think we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been experimenting a lot with the design inside our book. Some of our books now we're doing what I guess in the magazine industry would be called pull quotes, where if there's a sentence that I think really carries an interesting message to readers, we'll have that pop up in the story right. just the way it would pop up in a magazine article. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fun also. So I do that in certain books. But we're definitely having more fun. We hired a wonderful new graphic designer about a year and a half ago who came from the magazine industry, and he had all that magazine design experience. And so we've brought that into our books, and it makes them a lot more interesting visually. The way Chicken Soup has evolved, it's like it's the here and now. It's beautiful. It's progressive. Mm-hmm. So I really Change like that. Change is good. so what would you like for the readers to gain from reading the joy of christmas i think i think they're going to come away feeling that they're part of a larger community Mm -hmm. of people who all celebrate the holidays hanukkah and christmas but all in different ways yeah and it's because it's interesting to read what other people do and see the similarities similarities and differences but i think I came away from reading all of these stories and editing all of these stories feeling that I was part of a larger community of people who all focus on the same things during this time of year. We focus on our families, our friends, our traditions, on doing the right thing, on sharing whatever is good in our life with other people, whether it's through deeds or through making donations. Mm-hmm. And so I think you come away from this just feeling like you're part of a big, warm community, all focused on the same good things. Right, right. So true. As I mentioned to you, Chapter 1 really, truly grabs me because that, in all essence, is about living, to me personally, based on the experience that I've gone through in my life. And I like to talk about three stories that are in that chapter in particular. And the first one I've chosen is Someone Can by Sally Wilson. Yeah, so that is a really interesting story because sometimes you don't know why people react the way they do to the holidays. People bring baggage with them, right? And it's something to watch out for because sometimes people will react in a certain way and you're thinking, why? Why are you acting that way? And you don't know Mm -hmm. the whole story about their past. So in this case, Sally married a very nice guy and 
then found out that he had never really enjoyed Christmas in the past, that mm-hmm. his family had a lot of financial problems. His parents had a bad marriage. They moved a lot. They were always one step ahead of the bill collectors. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really have a Christmas. And no one ever got him a present. No one ever thought to do anything special for him on Christmas, even when he was a little kid. In fact, he actually walked over to the Woolworth one day when he was a kid and bought himself a small set of plastic toy soldiers, and then he wrapped them up in a piece of notebook paper and gave a Christmas gift to himself. That was the closest mm-hmm. he ever got to getting a Christmas gift. So when when um, her, when her Sally's mother found out what her new son-in-law had been through, she said, we're going to give him the best Christmas he ever had. And so her husband was overwhelmed Christmas morning by mm-hmm. the number of gifts that he received. But then Sally started thinking, he's not reacting right. She said, what's wrong? Are you (laughs) unhappy? And he said, no, they're all great, but it's just so overwhelming. And he said, I just didn't need all of these gifts to make my Christmas special. All I ever needed was to know that someone actually cared enough about me to remember me on Christmas. That's the Mm -hmm. best gift of all. So her husband did pass away a few years ago. He passed away just one week before Christmas. And she has a new tradition. Every Christmas, she puts a gift for her late husband under the tree, and mm-hmm. it's a small set of plastic toy soldiers. It's a beautiful story. When I read that story, it reminded me about the first time when I came to the United States when I was 18. As a teenager, you can't help yourself. All the dormitories are closed. They kick you out, or they put you in a special dormitory for people that... <laughs> had no place to go for the two and a half weeks that you have to stay on campus, you start thinking, like, did I make the right decision here? Yeah, that's (laughs) sad and lonely. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, it's not about the presence. It's about someone is able to really look at you as another human being and say, come and join us. Come and enjoy this beautiful, festive activity. And connects at the soul-to-soul level from that perspective. Well, I I guess that's why you picked um, another story in this chapter as one of your favorites, Mm -hmm. the story called Table for Eight, because it's about Mm -hmm. somebody putting on what I guess people would call an orphan Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? There's orphan Thanksgiving and there's orphan Christmas when you invite people who have nowhere else to go. And Mm -hmm. in this story, the writer, um, Joanna Dillon, says that she and her husband were going to be away from their families on Christmas and they were feeling very dejected about it. And so they decided they would just invite friends and they ended up getting enough yeses to fill a table for eight people. So that felt good. That felt like a party. And then they actually got more people because Mm -hmm. people started bringing other orphans, other Christmas orphans. (laughs) And as they were getting ready for the event, all of a sudden they were getting back into the Christmas spirit again because Mm -hmm. They were so busy cooking and decorating and planning. And she says in her story, before long, we were no longer pretending to be happy about the holidays. We actually were happy. And I'm going to play shrink here, but they were happy because they were going to give of themselves, right? They were happy because they were putting on a party for the other orphans. And Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what makes us the most happy is when we can do stuff 
for other people. So they had a great time, and it was a tradition that they kept going for many, many years, having over mm-hmm. anybody who was who was alone. I used to do that on Christmas Eve. We would always have a huge mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, maybe 25 people, and mm-hmm. whoever mm-hmm. was around who didn't have any place to go, like I remember one year we had my daughter's uh, crew coach. You know, mm-hmm. whoever whoever needed a place to go, we would bring them right. in. Actually, sometimes that's fun because it's nice to have – new people to talk to at these big family gatherings. Right. So true. What I like about Chicken Soup also, you guys start each story with a wonderful quote. And the quote for this particular story is, friends are family you choose for yourself. Yeah, that's true. So the next story in that mm -hmm. same chapter that I know you identified (laughs) is all about what I was just talking about, the joy of giving. Right. And... A lot of people take even more joy from giving when they don't tell anybody they've done it. Mm-hmm. They get a special kind of joy from anonymous giving or at least not telling um, their their family and friends what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And in this case, John Doro tells us in the story called Mom's Secret Mission that mm-hmm. his mother, one Christmas Eve, just disappeared for a few hours. And it was a real mystery because... She was known for always having everything done months ahead. You know, like all of her Christmas shopping would be done by Thanksgiving. So where was she going on Christmas Eve? And she muttered some excuse about having some errands to run. And then she came back, and she never told her family where she had gone. And then she started doing it every year. And she did this for seven years. She disappeared on Christmas Eve, never told anyone what she was doing. And then the year that she passed away... John got a letter from a man named Robert, and here's what he wrote. He said, Dear Johnny, I just wanted you to know how much my family and I appreciate what your mother has done for us all these years. Every year on Christmas Eve, your mom comes to my house dressed like Mrs. Claus and gives my kids a Christmas that we can't afford to give them. And it turned out that John's mother had given this family Shoes, shirts, jeans, toys, candy, every single Christmas. And she just went, quietly did it, came home, never said a word to her family. This story actually triggered memories of my mom back in Malaysia. In Malaysia, the biggest thing actually for our family, being Chinese, is Chinese New Year. And one of the traditions for Chinese New Year is you have to wear everything new. And I say this respectfully, all the way from your undergarments and everything. For that first day of New Year's, you have to wear everything new. So because it's a new year, you're kicking off the new year with good luck and wealth and whatnot and so forth. And I remember my mom, kind of like in this lady situation, when I was a child, she used to bring me with her and she would go to, this is of course someone that we knew, someone that had worked with my mom, and she would buy the kids all this new clothes because she wants the new year to be kicked off in the right way from a tradition standpoint of view. So when I saw this story, I said, wow, unbelievable. It just reminded me so much about what my mom did. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. What a nice tradition, wearing everything new on New Year's Day. The next wonderful story that I really like that sort of segue right into when we talk about gifts, the section titled The Perfect Gift. Labor of Love by Mary Marty. Yeah, I actually really liked this story, and I did a podcast about this story 
because mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun one to share with all of the listeners. Uh, they lived on a farm. It was a dairy farm. And so cows don't take off for holidays. They have to be cared for and milked <laughs> every single morning, you know, at the crack of dawn. Yeah, yeah. So one year, um, Margaret Marty's 14-year-old twin boys came up with a great idea. They decided to surprise their dad and their uncle, who worked on the farm also, with the gift of sleeping in on Christmas Day. And then they recruited their little brother and their cousin. So the four boys uh, talked to their moms, and they decided that on Christmas Eve, the moms would secretly go and and undo the alarm clocks that had been set for the dads. (laughs) And the boys all made excuses for why they needed to go to bed early on Christmas Eve. And then they got up while it was still dark, crept out of the house, and went out and milked the cows, fed the cows, cleaned the stable, you know, cleaned the stalls, mm-hmm. did everything that mm-hmm. had to be done. Uh, some stuff they didn't even know what to do. Like they needed to, I think, wash and then apply lotion to mm-hmm. the udders of one of the cows. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of cranky, and she didn't like anybody touching her <laughs> except for the father. And so the boy had to come back into the house and grab his father's jacket and hat and put them on to go back out to fool the cow into thinking that it was the dad, not the son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they pulled it off, and then the fathers you know, came down around 8 o'clock, which was hours after they would normally have gotten up and thought, oh, my gosh, we missed, we didn't take care of the cows. Oh, no. And the kids surprised them and said, nope, we did it. And they made it a new Christmas tradition, and every single year the fathers would sleep in on Christmas morning and the boys would take care of the cows. I love the story because it's simply – a gift of time, and a gift of love, like what the story said. And this is something simple. It's not about material things anymore. And those are the best gifts when you give of yourself, mm-hmm. of your time, and you really identify a need that somebody has. Mm-hmm. And getting up and going out and milking those cows and doing all of that work for hours uh, was way more of a gift to those fathers than anything those kids could have bought. The next story, Holiday Miracles. This is the chapter on Holiday Miracles, and the story is The Apron Angel. And this is kind of a little spooky, but it's kind of really cool, by Victoria Jones. It is spooky, and it ties into (laughs) one of my favorite topics, which is dreams. I mean, we did a book called Dreams and Premonitions uh, a year ago, which I still talk about all the time. And I'm constantly presenting those stories on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And we're actually collecting stories now to do another dreams book that will come out in uh, September of 2017. And and that book is going to be called Dreams, Premonitions, and the Unexplainable, because so many of these stories you just can't explain away. And this right. story, The Apron Angel, by Victoria Jones, is one of those. So she says that she she had a five-year-old granddaughter who wanted to give something special to her kindergarten teacher for Christmas, something that her kindergarten teacher wouldn't get from anyone else. And Victoria didn't really think much about it, but then she had a dream one night, and in this dream, her grandmother visited her, but she hadn't really known this grandmother because she had died when Victoria was only five, So she knew of her more than she really had any Mm -hmm. memories of her. But her grandmother came to her, and in this dream, her grandmother showed her this beautiful red lace apron. And it was something called a hostess apron. So 
think back mm-hmm. to like Leave It to Beaver and old television shows where <laughs> mothers would or hostesses would wear aprons. You know, even once right. the food was ready and they were sitting down mm-hmm. at the table, the hostess would still wear an apron over her dress and it wouldn't be the messy one that she'd been wearing in the kitchen. She'd put mm-hmm. on a nice clean one that was more decorative than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so they were called hostess aprons. And so in this dream, Victoria's grandmother showed her how to make one of these aprons. And Victoria remembered the dream when she woke up and she called her mother and she said, I had this dream about, you know, grandma and her mother got really quiet as Victoria described every detail of this apron. Mm -hmm. And then her mother said that her grandmother had been a seamstress and she would make these hostess aprons to earn extra Mm -hmm. cash. And she always gave them to her children's teachers as Christmas gifts. But Victoria hadn't known any of this, or at least she didn't know that she knew it. Mm -hmm. So she was speechless. Um, But anyway, she went, and said to her granddaughter, I have an idea for your teacher present, for your kindergarten teacher. And they, she went and she got material to make the apron that she had seen in her dream. And they sewed the thing up. And, you know, a few hours later, they had it done. And then she took it over and showed it to her mother. And her mother gasped and <laughs> went and pulled an apron out of a drawer that she had been saving that her mother had made, her dead mother. Mm-hmm. And it was an exact it was exactly the same as the one that Victoria had made that she had envisioned in her dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So her granddaughter gave it to her teacher. The teacher loved it. But I thought, wow, what an interesting story. What an interesting thing that she learned in her dream how to make this apron. It is. It's amazing. Sometimes these are the things that I look at it in terms of like, wow, there's got to be something out there that's truly special. And this is about communicating with your loved ones. It's it's so weird. Unless somehow mm-hmm. Victoria had seen this apron that her mother had put away, and as a little girl right. had seen the apron and somehow remembered it, and then in her dream thought about how would I make such an apron, and then in her dream imagined that her grandmother was showing her how to make the apron. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. However it happened... Very, very interesting because whether you believe that her grandmother came to her in a dream or whether you remember or whether you think that Victoria mm-hmm. pulled up an ancient memory and was very creative in her dream, either way, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Right. It's a cool story. This book also has a bunch of stories that are fun, that are funny. And this first story that I like is interesting because it reminds me of something that happened to me as well. The title of the chapter is Family Fun, and the title of the story is All Grown Up by Katie Slife. Yeah, this was cute because uh, Katie went Christmas shopping with her 14-year-old grandson. He had a long list of presents he needed to get for family and friends, and so she was helping him, and she was enjoying you know, how he was so grown up. Table, which was showing a whole bunch of wallets, and he was admiring a black leather trifold wallet, and she was making a mental note to herself, oh, I'm going to go back and get him that for Christmas. And so she said to him, so what, what features do you look for in a wallet? And he turned to her and he said, money. And she just thought that was hysterical. <laughs> so he had no idea she meant credit card slots or 
right, you know, what right. size billfold you needed or any of that. <laughs> <laughs> the story is a really cute one because it reminded me about what happened with me and my nephews. When I was growing up, my mom motivated my sister and I in order to get good grades she would motivate us by giving us $10 for each A that we have in our classes. And that tradition obviously carried on to my nephews. So my mom would always reward her grandson $10. This is Malaysian ringgit, 10 Malaysian dollars for each A that they make. And my oldest nephew, he is like one of the top five students in the country. So obviously he make a bunch of A's. So I tell my mom that on behalf of me here being in the United States, well, tell Jeremy that I will give him $20 for every A he makes. So he's all excited. Every year, obviously, he gets all this money and so forth. Then guess what? One year, he finally asked my mother, is Uncle Johnny giving that $20, is it in U.S. dollars or Malaysian ringgit? (laughs) Growing up. <laughs> right, right. He knew that was a 3.5 times exchange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so my mom had to ask me, say, hey, Jeremy was asking, the $20 you're giving him this year, is it in U.S. dollars or is it in Malaysian ringgit? Next, <laughs> so he'll be asking really for funny. euros. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, tell him that will be U.S. dollars then. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Another chapter is holiday memories. And this is really a cool one because we talk about Mrs. Claus, we talk about the North Pole and so forth. The story is Beyond the Arctic Circle by Irena Nelslory. Yeah, so she lives in Greece, but she sends us some interesting stories. Mm -hmm. And in this one, she had always wanted to go up to Lapland, which is in Finland, you know, way north of the Arctic Circle. And they have like a Christmas village up there where you can go and, you know, be in this snowy village and there are elves, there's Santa Claus. And so she went up there and um, you go up with all these other travelers and then they they take you to a hotel and then you, you know, you go down to the lobby, they equip you with um, parkas and boots and all the snow clothing that you'll need. You don't have to bring it with you. And then they say to you, just go outside and find Santa. So you're just sent outside the hotel, <laughs> and you have to go find some elves and ask the elves how to get to Santa's home. And so she and the other people all found Santa eventually, and they had so much fun. And this was so cleverly done. The families that were there with children, the children were amazed to find that the letters they had written to Santa were there, and Santa was holding the letters. Mm-hmm. So it really sounded cute. Uh, and she said it wasn't all families with children. There were plenty of people like her yeah. who went there, full, full-grown adults without children. So they were up there for three days. They got to go out in a dog sled. They got to go in a, mm. do stuff with the reindeer, pulling a sleigh. Um, mm-hmm. They got to go on a snowmobile. They did all kinds of fun things. So I thought, well, that, that was such a fun experience to share with our readers, how one person did a vacation over Christmas. And I thought... I'm never going to be alone at Christmas and be able to go and do that. But if I were alone, I was seriously considering taking this trip to Finland to go and see Santa, you know, in Lapland. (laughs) Amy, we just have to tell everybody to say, look, we're going to disappear. And this story makes us want to let the inner child in us come out and go to Finland. (laughs) That's right. She definitely let her inner child out. (laughs) 
another story talking about child. This is a fun one too. Through the eyes of a child, man is mishap by Stephanie Devonport. Yeah, I love these funny children's stories. I mean, we we get such great ones. Mm-hmm. There was another one where somebody reported that she was at church with her little child, and um, I think the child was three, and they were talking about the baby Jesus, and then all of a sudden they talked about Jesus dying, and this three-year-old, this is the children's you know service, mm-hmm. the three-year-old mm-hmm. yelled out as you know so that everyone in the church could heard, could hear. She yelled out. The baby Jesus died? He was just born. It was so so funny. And then this story by Stephanie Davenport was another really funny one. Um, Before she took her kids to their their grandma's house, she said to them in the car, now remember, you're going to say please, you're going to say thank you. And when you open your gifts, even if you don't like something, you say thank you. And so her... Her grandmother knitted sweaters, um, and Stephanie's daughter loved her sweater, but her son really was not impressed with this handmade sweater. (laughs) And so he said, thank you, even though I don't like it. And everyone in the room burst into laughter. Stephanie was mortified. But her grandmother took it in stride and laughed, and um, her son ended up just giving his sweater to his sister. So she got two sweaters that year. It reminded me when I was growing up, again, as a child, Chinese New Year is a huge thing. And when we go to different houses, visiting the relatives and my grandma's house and so forth, during Chinese New Year, in lieu of giving presents, what they do is that they give this little small envelopes, red envelopes called Ang Pao, and it's got money in it. Cash is always better, right? Because you can buy whatever you want. And so when you talk about manners, you always teach the kids, always be thankful, don't say anything, accept it with gratitude. It just reminded me how, as a child, you go through this process where your mom is so afraid you might say something stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I mean, just because we live in the city, we still have manners, you know, and stuff like that. So it's just a cute story. Kids are very funny. They really are. <laughs> I love the fact that our, our, um, our writers share their stories about what their kids have done at the holiday time. (laughs) It's wonderful. Holiday decorating, that's another thing that we all go through. It's a big nightmare at times, and sometimes it's a lot of fun. So the next story, Lights, Camera, Action by Amy Ann. Yeah, so she had um, a son who wanted to be helpful. He was 11, and so one year he decided that he was going to do the decorating for his mom. And so uh, she hadn't put up the lights yet, so he decided he would surprise her. And he took all of the lights that they had and wound them around, you know, the balusters and the railing on the deck of their second-floor apartment. And he was so proud that he had done this for his mom. But when they turned the lights on, it was so incredibly bright. But she didn't want to say anything to him about, hey, you know, you were supposed to use one strand of lights, not four (laughs) strands of lights. So they left the lights on for a couple of nights, and he actually wanted the lights kept on overnight so that everybody could see them. And then finally, um, the apartment building's maintenance man 
knocked on the door and politely told her, look, you got to take these lights down. The neighbors can't even sleep. And she, she drove over to the Home Depot that was um, mm-hmm. behind their apartment complex. And she looked at the lights from the distance. Mm-hmm. And she said it looked like they were shooting a movie. And the workers over at the Home Depot said they thought there was something going on there. They said maybe said they're shooting a sequel to Christmas Vacation. So anyway, she very gently explained to her son they had to take down, you know, 75% of the lights he had put up. But that was another cute story about a kid helping out. Although, who knows, maybe he was just on his path to becoming a man who always believed in more power, right? <laughs> the overkill, more power. That's right. But anyway, right. it was another cute story about a child at Christmas time. It's a wonderful story. Even though this story is about a child, it reminded me in Louisiana, I don't know whether they have Popeye's fried chicken in Connecticut. Do they have Popeye fried chicken up in Connecticut? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, great. I think so. Well, I think so. I, now I don't know because I've heard of it. Okay. I don't so, know. Well, the person that started Popeye fried chicken, he had passed away since then. But anyway, his name is Al Copeland, and he loves Christmas. When he got big with the chicken business, he would do this massive, massive decoration in his yard. Soon, guess what? Because people love to drive around the neighborhood, right, to watch Christmas decoration. So it blocked up the whole neighborhood, and the city eventually passed an ordinance that he cannot do that. And in return, they moved his lighting decoration, Christmas decoration, to a park where everybody can enjoy it. And every Christmas, I think it's still going on right now, that you can go down to Mattery, Louisiana, and have this beautiful Christmas park that Al Copeland had designed. I mean, every year they added more beautiful lights and all kinds of things. So this story reminded me of that. Yeah, I I took my kids when they were little. We would go and visit Christmas decorations. There were certain neighborhoods that were famous for it. Right, And then we'd pile them into the car and they'd sit in the back of the station wagon, you know, just for Mm -hmm. when we were driving around those neighborhoods Mm -hmm. at five miles an hour and look out. And it was a wonderful tradition to do it every Mm -hmm. year. I yeah, I love doing that. There's a guy now who does it in my town, and he has he broadcasts Christmas music that you can pick up on your radio mm-hmm. also as you're mm-hmm. driving through his neighborhood. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. So let's talk about some of the favorite stories that you have. Oh, okay. So um, there's a story that I love uh, that's actually the first one in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved it because it was about a child demonstrating tremendous kindness and initiative mm-hmm. at Christmas time. And we had so many stories in the book where they where we talked about children actually coming through and expressing this natural tendency we have to give of ourselves. And so um this woman talks about her child who um has uh, ADHD and also has a foot problem and so it hurts him to walk. But they went to Walmart, and there was one of those angel trees set up where you go and you pick an angel Mm -hmm. off the tree, and then it says what gift a child wants, an underprivileged child. And so the problem was the angel tree was set up right by the checkout. So by the time you got there, you didn't want to pick up an angel and have to go back into the (laughs) store 
right? Navigate all those mm-hmm. crowded aisles and then get back in the line again at checkout. So it wasn't strategically placed by the youth group that placed it there. Mm-hmm. So her mm-hmm. son realized that, and so he spent three hours taking angels off the tree and meeting people at the entrance to the store and saying to them, you know, here's an angel from the angel tree. Can you buy this present for somebody? And if you don't want to go and find the present because you're busy and you don't mm-hmm. want to go from aisle three to aisle ten or whatever it would be required, <laughs> give me the money and I'll go buy the present. <laughs> And he managed to buy the presents for every single angel on that angel tree. He spent hours greeting people as they came into Mm -hmm. the store, limping on his very hurt foot, and he pulled it off. And I thought it was Mm -hmm. such a great story, so inspiring. That's the fourth story from chapter one. (laughs) I know, I know. It's a great (laughs) chapter, but you know what? If you had picked three from some other chapter, I would have told you that was my favorite chapter also, because really, I, it's really hard to decide. Right, right, right. I agree with that. And what other stories do you like? Well, there's another one in chapter one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's See? story number three. I know. Story number three, and this one is really mm-hmm. cute. So yeah. this one, um, this woman, uh, her name is uh, Danielle Kuhn. Her, mm-hmm. She took her five-year-old son and her three-year-old daughter to the local firehouse and her son noticed that behind a you know in a glass display case Mm -hmm. behind a locked glass door there were models of all kinds of fire trucks and so he asked the chief do you get to play with the fire trucks and the chief said Mm -hmm. oh no we're not allowed to play with those they're just locked up there and the five-year-old son was so dismayed by this that at christmas time he said to his mom I think we need to bring presents to the firefighters because they're not allowed to touch their toy fire trucks and they need something at Christmas time. And uh, Danielle explained that these grown men, the firefighters, didn't really have to play with toy fire trucks. But how about if they brought them some candy instead? And so they brought candy to the firehouse on Christmas Eve. And this launched a family tradition that turned into them bringing candy and breakfast and dinner and all kinds of food (laughs) to not only the firehouse, but to their local um, hospital emergency room, to the police station, to the paramedics station, to all of the first responders in their town. And it turned into a big volunteer effort. And Danielle ended up having five children and all of them ended up participating. And so she said, as she wrote the story, this is going to be their 12th what they call Operation Christmas Thank You. And it's the highlight of their family's Christmas when they bring these mm-hmm. gifts of food to all the emergency responders in their town. It's a beautiful story. Again, it's in Chapter 1. I'm telling you all, you got to buy this book <laughs> and you won't pass Chapter 1. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a warm-up for Chapters 2 through 9. There you go. There you go. Are there any other chicken soup products that will be wonderful gifts for this holiday season? You never can go wrong with a book, obviously. And Mm -hmm. we have not only this Christmas book, but we have half a dozen other wonderful Christmas books that you can find in the stores or online at bn.com and Mm -hmm. amazon.com and walmart.com, et cetera. But books are wonderful because they're presents that you can open all year. And if you don't want to leave out your dog... Get your dog some chicken soup for the soul dog treats because we have very high quality food. I gave them to my 
grand dogs, and they were very excited, dancing all over the place for their treats. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of chicken soup stuff that you can do. There's also free things. Like you can just tell somebody about the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. It's free. There's a new one every single day. And you'd be doing somebody a favor if you just alerted them to the fact that it exists. That's true. So as we close the show, what wonderful recipes of living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, since it's the holiday time, I think I'm going to share some tips that I came up with from uh, this book. And one of them is something we've talked about a lot, which is that the holidays are a great way to teach children the joy of giving. And so I, I think that it's time to avail yourself of that to help uh, your neighbor's child or your own child or your grandchild or your niece or nephew to do something, help that child experience the joy of giving at this time of year. And then I think another thing to do is not to, is to not be afraid to reach out. Like you do live in a community. And so if you see a need, answer the need. Reach out. Give somebody a donation. Give somebody a helping hand in some way. And if it's a gift of time, that's fabulous because as you and I discussed, a gift of time is right. a great way to acknowledge how much you appreciate someone. And then another tip that I got from the book, and we didn't talk about it today, is mm-hmm. don't be afraid to create new traditions, whether it's a new way of decorating, a new way of eating at the holiday time, a new thing that you do with your family. We had one writer in the book, Carol Remy, who said that every single Christmas season, she and her family do something they've never done before. Mm-hmm. And that's their mm-hmm. tradition. Right. So, yeah, and that, that's a really fun idea also. Um, there's a lot of great things you could do at the holiday time. Your eyes are kind of open. Your heart is open to new things. So you might as well go for it. Follow those those natural, charitable, adventurous impulses that you have. So true. Amy, thank you for all the wonderful recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Joseph Emmett. He is a Dharma teacher and the founder of Mindfulness Meditation Center in Montreal, Canada. Joseph and I will be discussing how to find happiness in the here and now from his new book, Finding the Blue Skies. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. A very happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and everyone at Chicken Soup. Thank you very much. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. don't go to geico.com car insurance can be hard like early 90s heavy metal art i'm yelling and screaming and i'm loud Roar! geico makes it easy you can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the geico mobile app because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives i'm not even upset about anything
At Nissan, our lineup is taking the galaxy by storm. And right now, you can save big during Nissan's Go Rogue year-end event. Shop your local Nissan store and choose Nissan.com today for great offers. See Rogue One in theaters December 16th. Take on any galaxy.